Hey, in today's episode, we're talking about how to help your kids be conscious consumers of their content and their technology. I have a special guest, Jeremy Lenentine. Jeremy, we're glad to have hey, you here. Hey, Luke. Yep, good and to be with you. We are excited to get in today's episode. My name is Luke Clayton, and this is Connection Culture. But I did want to kind of go back to something that you kind of were started to talk about a little bit earlier. And you talked about replacing, you replaced some of that content with, uh, you know, stuff that's more maybe constructive, uh, edifying, encouraging to your children. Uh, I do like even that approach of you kind of said, you know, on an even bigger scale, replacing things like watching television with reading. Uh, and that is something that, uh, you know, cause a lot of times it's like, well, you don't just have to replace the actual media, uh, type. You can replace the medium altogether. Uh, cause I mean that the kid, if you just take it out of their life, well, now they've just got free idle time. What are they going to do with it? Well, most likely a uh, very good chance they're going to find something else they shouldn't be doing. Uh, but replacing that content with something else, uh, have you found though a benefit to, and again, I've made it very clear before where you draw the kind of line of like, hey, this is what you can watch. This is what you can't watch. Uh, you know, there's some things they just, you know, we're just not going to watch it at all. Um, you know, whatever. But in watching some stuff that might have questionable content, um, have you found any, you know, benefit? Or maybe it's more of like, you know, you mentioned your, your kids there having exposure to this previous content that to the point it gives them bad dreams. Have you found any value to uh, taking a, an approach of, well, let's learn from that. Let's learn why that is bad. Let's learn why that's not best or why that's inappropriate or, or whatever. Have you had to take that approach at all with your kids? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have. Um, now that now that they are a little bit older, uh, we've started down that road of saying, you know, this is this is why we don't watch this. Is this is why we do watch this? And like what you said, and actually we we're trying out right now um, a subscription to VidAngel to see um, because you know there, there's some there's some really good stories out there. Like let's just say if you're watching them with your kid, there's some really good stories out there just imaginative or other things, right? Um, stories that you can even like for example there's a lot of things sometimes i talk to my kids about like the kind of the biblical narratives and examples that are inside something like lord of the rings and so i know that sounds silly and stupid um but it's some great imaginative some really good writing you know um that's in some of these movies uh and so for it to be like kind of you know kind of tainted by like one or two words throughout the whole thing you know is kind of a bummer because there is a lot of good things there. So I think that a, a, a service, you know, like a, you know, a VidAngel or something that you can take uh, that bad content out of is, is really helpful. But yeah, we've been able to, to explain to them, um, you know, taking some extra time and talking about it afterwards. And I think that's really important that a lot of times as parents, we don't take that time just to explain something to our kids because we forget about it or we're, or we're bugged or it just takes time. Um, but if we would, then we're helping them to establish like decision-making. And the, the best thing that you can give your kid is not a sheltered environment, 
but a biblical mind frame for decision making. Yep. And if you can give that to them, and this is what I like what you're doing with this podcast is I think that's what you're trying to establish for us as adults. And then now we're talking about kids. But the point is, is that <clears throat> how should I look at culture through a biblical um, mind frame, right? Uh, let this mind be you and you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That's the whole point. How should I think about this? How Christ would think about it. And if it's always just like avoid, avoid, don't think about it, put your head in the sand, then you're never teaching them like the skills to think through something. And then one day they're not in your house and it's like, oh, you know, all these things that you, I mean, we all, all of us that have grown up in a strict home, we know how that is. I remember the first time thinking at 19, I'm like, oh, I could, I could do what I want to do. And like, there's not somebody here, you know, and there's that like their delirium of freedom. Um, but then if it's not kicked in right away by like some type of, okay, well, here's how I should think about things for myself. Um, then you're probably prone to make a lot of mistakes from, from 18 to 28 or whatever. And a lot of people do. And that's why a lot of people leave church. And then when do they get back in the church in their thirties? Well, why do they get back in church? Oh, cause now they have kids, you know, and they're like, well, I don't want them really to turn out how I turned out or how I've done or whatever. Um, but it, it's probably due to a parent not giving their kid They've given their kids shelter and protection, but they haven't given them the tools to like really independently think about stuff. So as a parent, I think that that's our greatest job is not sheltering because your kids are going to hear things. They're going to see things. And that's unfortunate, but it's true. Um, but how do we let them think about it in the way that they should to not let that influence their life in the way that they live or in what one day they you know willingly consume? Um, so I think increasingly that's more and more important. Uh, now when you just drive down the road and billboards are the way they are or commercials are the way they are, how are you going to screen every commercial? You can't. Um, how are you going to screen every billboard as you drive? You can't. Um, so it's important more for us to teach our kids how to have filtered thinking, which is what Philippians 4.8 talks about, um, versus uh, protecting them from ever having that thought pass through their head. If that makes sense, I'm not saying it right, but oh you no, know, you you're you're ex you're you're hitting the nail on the head there. I mean, really, uh, uh, this comes back to the idea of it is we really I, as a parent, and really let's 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 generalize it as a if you will student to or teacher to student, mentor to protege, parent to child. However, you want to do it as someone who is responsible for developing and mentoring and leading someone, your job is not to teach them what to think, it's to teach them how to think. And I think that is one of the greatest uh, kind of things that's even missed. You know, you're, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, the Christian faith. Uh, that's one of the greatest things even missed about, about Christianity is so many people have even turned that into some type of, hey, this is where we teach you what to think. But really, uh, the Christianity at its core is a is a way to think, not a what to think. It's so that it's something that a lens, like you keep saying, a mindset, a lens that you can view the world through, and and a way that you kind of process all of your thinking is done through this filter of the teachings of Jesus Christ and Scripture. And it's not about what we think. It's not about. <clears throat> You know, hey, you have to think this and you have to believe exactly this. Uh, it's more about, no, this is about how you think. And, and we've got to have that mindset in general with our kids. And something else 
that you kind of started to talk about there was, you know, when it comes to, for example, what they're watching, I mean, and what they're seeing, what they're being exposed to. Yeah, you can set up, you can draw some lines and you can say, yeah, well, absolutely never uh, would I let my child watch this, you know, rated R content or, you know, horribly gory, language filled. You know, obviously you, you're going to draw some lines there as you should. But you even said this. Can you really, uh, how do you control what shows up on a billboard? How do you control, uh, you know, what shows up in a commercial? Uh, you know, yeah, I mean. Can you turn off a commercial? Maybe, uh, but a commercial is 15 to 30 seconds. And so, I mean, you can be exposed to, uh, you know, as as much as half the commercial can be, you know, acceptable. And then, boom, all of a sudden something sneaks in and, and you know, what do you do about that? So, uh, yeah, I think it's a lot about, you know, you keep saying it's sheltering. And like we've emphasized so many times, sheltering is not the best approach. It's filtering. It's teaching them how to think. And in some ways, it's that it's that guided discovery because your child is going to discover. You know, they're going to discover this world around them. They're going to learn uh, whether you uh, whether you wanted them to or not. We all do want our child to grow, to learn, and, and or whatnot. But whether you want them to discover the, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, the filth, the wickedness, the evil aspects of the world, they're going to discover it. And, uh, you know, if we can give them a guided discovery process where we say, okay, yes, you you figured out, or, or if you will, you discovered that inappropriate uh, word, or you discovered you know that that cuss word, or you discovered this uh, inappropriate aspect of you know maybe television, an inappropriate type of a scene or something like that. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, you discovered that, but I was nearby. I was there to stop it before it got too far, and I was there to teach you, uh, use that as a moment to teach you of why and how we need to process that and deal with that. And I think that's really uh, important, uh, is that idea of guided uh, discovery and teaching them how to think, not just what to think. And that's amazing, because if the Bible, think about this, if the Bible was a book that was just written, you know, Jesus, for example, telling his disciples what to think. Well, that was written 2000 years ago. It would be it would have been unapplicable you know 1500 years ago. But since the Bible is a book that teaches you how to think, those are eternal eternal principles that you can put in into play no matter what generation, time, age, technology you're working with at that point. And so, uh, same thing. If you teach your kids, well, you should show, you're, you're not going to watch this, 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 and this. Okay. Well, in 20 years, those shows are long gone. No one watches those. Here's a new field of shows, uh, probably have a lot of the same bad things in them or even worse. And so if you've never taught them how to think, then they can't ever pick up on their own, uh, what, what are those things that they should avoid in their generation, their time. So really the, the Bible's masterful at being applicable over the course of, 4,000 years. How do you write a book that's applicable 4,000 years in the, let's say 3,000 years in the future. How would you write a book today that's applicable 300 years in the future? It's amazing. I mean, that's why there's the documents like the Bible, <laughs> our constitution, those ones that have eternally binding principles are so uh, renowned and fascinating because um, for them to still be relevant today is is amazing. It's supernatural, but obviously amazing. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and like you said, for those out there who, you know, maybe you're uh, watching, listening, and you're, you know, you say, well, I'm not, I'm not a person of faith or whatever. Well, yeah, I think that, like you said, the Constitution is another great example of it's not necessarily about, uh, you know, 
black and white. What is what you know about about here? Here's what you can do. What you can't do. Yes, there's there's foundational moral laws of what you can and can't do. But it's really about a way of living. It's about a how. It's about the idea of you know having you know liberty and freedom. The you know the right to uh, the pursuit of happiness, and then you know the freedom of speech, the right to bear arms. All of these things. This is these are about just hey these these this is a way of life. Uh, that you're entitled to and that you can live. Uh, it's not saying here's what you can and can't do necessarily as much as it's saying, hey, here is how you can live, which honestly, and I, I don't know if we intended to drift into this, but I'm, I'm going to. Uh, you, uh, you are a very uh, politically aware person. Um, and uh, if you've ever listened to our other podcast, Church Media HQ, Jeremy is a regular contributor. And we've actually uh, taken a deep dive to some extent into your involvement with local politics and you're a, you're a city councilor and, and, uh, which I think is, is awesome. But, uh, you and I've also talked some interesting, uh, you know, kind of ideas and thoughts about, uh, about politics and government and things like that. And so I don't want to get too super political, but that just leads me to this thing, you know, kind of something that is really becoming a, um, an underlying thought of a certain, Again, I'm trying not to be too political, but it's uh, it, it's of a certain it's line of it's thinking. It's hard not to, right? <laughs> it's of a, it seems to be more dominant on one side than the other, if you will. At least right now, is this idea that if if you if they deem that it is good, it should be required, and if they deem that it is bad, it should be banned. Uh, and there's other ways of wording that they're probably more articulate, but um, and and, and now. I did talk about this as well in a recent episode that at the time of recording hasn't been released, so you haven't heard it. Uh, but basically, it was Bo and I having a conversation about um, this idea of cancel culture. Uh, unfortunately, has yeah, it seems to be like a big deal right now on the left. But I would argue that it has actually been happening on both sides for a long time. Uh, and that is when you take kind of this extreme positioning on either side and you say, Hey, you know, just because this person doesn't fall in the line with me and agree with me on everything and fall in line with, with me on every way of thinking, well, I'm going to kick them out of my life there. I'm done with them. They're, they're no longer a part. And, and we see that happen maybe on a more personal level, uh, on the right. But I mean, you think about, I can think about people that's like, Hey, they have, they have cut off ties with own family members over really minuscule things. Uh, and so anyways, I just wanted you to have some context of why I'm, I'm, I'm jumping into this, uh, because it's a conversation we've had recently, but you know, in, in your experience, I know that your state is, uh, also leans one way over the other, if you will, in terms of a color, uh, or a side, it's a little bit more bluish, I suppose, than reddish. Uh, and so what have been your experiences there, uh, in seeing maybe this idea play out that, Hey, if it's, if it's something that we think is good, we're going to require it. And if it's something bad, uh, we are going to try to abolish it. Have you seen this and, and how have you dealt with it? Well, what's, what's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you said is absolutely true is that they want everything that they're for, uh, to, to be mandated and everything that they're against to be prohibited. And that's, that's 100% accurate. What's so funny is that's what they've accused us for forever, right? Um, well, I, I'm, I, I work at a church, and so let me just take this into the church world for a relevant example. It was like, you know, you guys are so against um, 
uh, homosexual marriage. And uh, it's like, well, no, I mean, it's more like uh, we're so for pro-choice, uh, being able to choose what you want to do with your life. And so from a biblical standpoint, yeah, I can say that the Bible is against certain things, but do I think that the government should be in charge of enforcing those certain things? No, because I think from a government level, for the most part, just here's my personal belief, um, people should be free to, to do what they want to do so long as it doesn't uh, hurt or harm another person. Um, so uh, the famous quote, I guess, for libertarian is that I should be allowed to you know, swing around my fist as long as it doesn't make contact with your face. And so that's probably a good way to look at it, right, is, is my liberties extend as far as not encroaching upon yours. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that to talk about, like, you know, prohibited versus mandated, I mean, I, I often sit here and wonder how long is this going to be before, you know, through cracking down on what we – we we say we say hate speech and everyone agrees they're you know it's hate speech is wrong and so they take a common term you could go forever on this they take a common term and then they blow out what's included in their common term and say well see everyone's against hate speech i agree but i don't have the same definition as you do with hate speech so if you're saying now that because my church thinks that homosexual marriage is wrong according to the bible that now we've crossed into hate speech, therefore we should get shut down, then I don't have the same definition as you do about hate speech. And so it really, it, the expansion of, of, of picking a common term that's widely accepted, but then expanding what is inside that common term and then saying, see there, everyone is for this, uh, is a really, really subtle trick. And I could go a lot of ways in which I think that they've done it, uh, none of which are appropriate for right now. But I think that you're right. I think we're seeing that a lot. We're seeing that a lot in our state. Our state tends to just do kind of whatever California does, um, even though I don't think California has many successes that they could point to, that we always want to follow California, whereas I think we should probably follow our neighbor to the, to the uh, east. Um, but, you know, whatever, that's where we are. We're trapped here with that. And so I think it's more difficult, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of people, unfortunately, I think that are going to leave states um, that are going to try to over mandate or over over prohibit and they're going to go to states where they have more freedom to do what they think that they should be able to do and um, I, I think that um, that their their solution on the other side is not to well maybe we should allow people to choose more what their solution is going to be well maybe the national government should mandate it for all the states that's what they're going to do and so they shouldn't they should learn from their mistake and realize okay we should be more competitive you know with other states like florida or texas or whatever but they won't do that they'll just try to get florida and texas to comply so now well now we've just kind of said exactly what what we're talking about here. We've, well, we got really specific there. So there you go. No, it, I kind it's, of it's, blew your anonymity out of the window there. No, it's fine. Well, I always <laughs> try to start from a neutral standpoint, uh, you know, just for sake of, because uh, you know me by, by now. You know that I always try to be very objective, and I think you do too. Um, and I always try, I really do. I, I try to see both sides. I, tr I, I really can honestly say I, that's something I try to do. Yeah, um, you do. And uh, and it's something though that uh, in the end it's like well sometimes there's just this one side that still just makes no sense. Uh, by the way, your your neighbor to the east are you talking about uh, Texas there? Is that uh, who you're referring yes. to? 
Yes. Yeah. Kind of your kind of your southeast there. For those who don't know ge- geography very well, and because I do, I always get the southwestern states. You know, there's the Four Corners and Arizona, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico. I think I've told you before. Like my sister lives in Utah, and one time when I was visiting you. I was like, hey, I'll go. I'll just drive up and see my sister. No, I won't. That's like a 10, 12-hour drive. <laughs> Everything <laughs> you know? in the West is takes forever to get. So well, what's out. so funny, the joke about New Mexico is every, a ton of people from California moved to New Mexico going, at least this is not California. And then five years later, you know, we catch up to Cal, and then they go, and then they move to Texas. And so yeah. we're just kind of like a hop in between <laughs> for people leaving, leaving California, but soon they will leave to go to Texas. So while they're here, we enjoy it, and they're in our church, and it's great. But I, I kind of know, yeah, you're going to move on. So yeah. and I, I, can't, I can't blame you, really. So, Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode of Connection Culture. I do want to remind you to take a moment to subscribe, like, share, let others know about this content. If you found it helpful to you, then share it because it will be helpful to the person you share it with. And now is the time to be sharing your feedback and your thoughts and your questions with us because it will really have a huge part in shaping future episodes. Uh, There's a very good chance if you share feedback now, we will be able to cover it in some way or another in the next few episodes. So you could do that by leaving a comment on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, You can leave your thoughts in a rating or review there on Apple Podcasts, or you can reach out to me the old-fashioned way. You could shoot me an email. My email is luke at mustincrease.com. That's luke at mustincrease.com. Let me know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Connection Culture is a production of the Must Increase Network. The show is produced and edited by Bo Snyder. Show notes are developed by Nash Mead. Executive producer and host is myself, Luke Clayton. And until the next episode, I do want to remind you of this. Get involved with using the power of connection for good. How do I do that? You say, well, how do I do that? Well, be nice on social media. That's a great start. But also get behind the things that you believe in. You see someone that's putting out content that you believe is valuable, that you believe provides uh, positive inspiration. Share that with others. Like we've said, share these episodes with others because this seeks to be positive content, helpful insight. We want to inspire hope and increase truth in the lives of others. So get behind what you believe in and keep this in mind. When you do that, you are going to find fulfillment, so much more fulfillment because you will have been a creative contributor rather than just being a mindless, constant consumer. We'll see you next time here on Connection Culture.